This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Maps Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fit a gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, I relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the Calibus flow, the man's the best on the floor. Welcome, guys. It's another edition of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined again by my co-host and Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, it's good to have you back. How you doing? Pretty good, man. I uh, Sorry I couldn't miss yesterday, but... Or couldn't make yesterday, rather. I, uh, you know, for the sake of quality and the the limited um, options we had, the last kind of the last second thing that came up, I uh, elected to let you take that one alone, and it sounded like it went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, if we if we had uh, well, there's two things. If if Donnie had more time on his hands, we could have probably you know set up a a Zoom meeting, and he could have done it from his computer, but I have, I have a hunch and I haven't confirmed this, but I have a hunch that, that Donnie might not have the most, uh, technologically advanced cell phone. (laughs) So I'm not sure if he's able, I don't think he's really able to do zoom from his phone and he had so much going on that that's the only way he could have, he could do it yesterday was a phone interview and, uh, so we just, we just did it the old fashioned way. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have him on again in the future when there's more time to spare and we can get it set up the way we, we'd like to do it with zoom here, but yeah, it, it was a good interview. It, it was great to get to talk to him right before the, you know, the NBA lifted its, uh, moratorium on trade tran- transactions. And, you know, obviously the, the Mavs haven't, been active yet which there's been a lot of opinions out there on (laughs) on Mavs Twitter because of that but I think the Mavs are still in a good place um you know we we all we knew all along that they didn't they probably didn't have the assets needed uh to get a guy like Drew Holiday who is now uh, on the Milwaukee Bucks and that hurts our Giannis to to Dallas pipe dream (laughs) pretty good bit and not only that then they turn right the bucks turn right around and executed a sign and trade with the sacramento kings for bogdan bogdanovich (laughs) another guy that you know we've loved as a potential mavs uh, prospect for you know the last year or so so uh the Giannis dream is on life support matt 
Uh, it's, it's over, Dalton. No, it's well, it's not technically dead until we get that, you know, Mark Stein or Woj or uh, okay. Sham's notification that Giannis has Dalton, indeed signed are, that extension. Uh, you are the crackhead who thinks that he can quit whenever he wants and uh, <laughs> doesn't realize that he's addicted, dangerously addicted, and affecting the others around him. I don't think so, because if if I was addicted, then I would be saying, like, oh, there's still a great chance. I'm saying I said it. It's on life support. Like, we're just – it's The first step in recovery <laughs> – wow, thanks. My, my cat just uh, knocked over a food bowl. Fun uh, fact, the Mavs cat lives with Matt, so. Yes, he does. Uh, so, the first step in recovery is admitting that you have a problem. The, the Giannis – dream is dead Dalton and that's fine it's fine I saw a thing I forgot I think it I forgot who I think it was Brad Townsend that tweeted it and he was basically asking Mavs fans on Twitter if you know this did kill the Giannis dream did they think that it would make the Mavs be more aggressive or would the Mavs themselves take it as an opportunity to be more aggressive you know the rest of this week and, you know, to me, we've talked about it before on previous pods. I thought that was going to be the case all along, Matt. <laughs> when you come out and, re- and you hear a report that the Mavs are going all in uh, with win-now moves, you know, you, that's what I'm thinking is like, okay, they, they're going to be more aggressive than they were last offseason. And I understand, you know, Donnie yesterday on the pod, he said – Yes, they do want to make win-now moves, and they want to improve, you know, significantly to where they're true title contenders because, you know, they, they want to be they, – they want to have a parade in Dallas as soon as possible. But he also said they don't want to do anything stupid. Uh, you know, there was a rumor that the Mavs might be uh, dangling that number 18 pick for a 34-year-old Lou Williams. You know, I – I, I think that would probably be a stupid move that uh, Donnie is, you know, kind of hinting at there. I think if you traded for a guy like Russell Westbrook on that Albatross contract, that would be a dumb move. Uh, so there's there's big moves out there that could happen, but it's not necessarily – and it might help you in the immediate short term, but it doesn't put you over the top as a contender and it probably hurts you long-term. So I know it's a balance, and I know that, you know, things could change throughout the rest of this week with the draft and free agency. But so far, it's just been a little disappointed because we expected, you know, much more aggression this offseason than what we saw last offseason. And so far, and it's only been one day, it's been a day and a half actually, but it seems like it's more of the same. Uh, look, I don't think the Lou Williams thing would be dumb necessarily. Um, for the 18th pick, yeah, probably. But I think he'd be really good on the Mavericks. I mean, how badly did they need a guy like that last year? Pretty I mean, bad. he'd help. He would definitely yeah. help. And but, I – and maybe it's just my infatu- infatuation with, you know, a guy like 
Desmond Bain, who we've talked about a little bit. I know our guy, uh, Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft, I know he's been on the Bain train for over well over a year now. Uh, he's arguably the best shooter in the draft. He's supposed to be in that range to where the Mavs could draft him at 18. And some mocks even have him possibly being available at 31, which I don't see that happening. But, you know, I just – I just wouldn't want – from what I've seen from him – and, you, Matt, you know me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big draft guy. But when I see something, when my eyes – when I see stats from a guy, and then, you know, that's corresponding with what my eyes are seeing. And, I, you know, I can see, like, okay, this guy is actually pretty good. And I can see how his game can translate to the NBA – and, you know, I can see his fit being a seamless one next to Luca and all that. And he's, you know, he's 22. He, he's a four-year college guy. So he's, you know, he, he hasn't been in the NBA, but he, physically he's ready. You know, he looks like a guy that could contribute from day one. I feel like getting a guy like that on a rookie deal would be more beneficial than trading for maybe one year of Lou Williams at who will be 35 this year. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, Lou Williams would help in the short term. But, you know, long-term thinking, Bain would help this year too, and he'd probably help even more, you know, in the next two, three, four years. So, that's where I'm at. I, I wouldn't want to trade that first-round pick for – what Donnie called, uh, you know, a war horse that might only have one year left in the tank. So, and I, look, as far as the interview goes, you you told me you had a couple, you know, different interpretations of what Donnie was talking about from what I thought. I mean, you want to expand on that? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it kind of centers around that particular thing for for one, and that's – I don't think Lou Williams is a war horse with one year left in the tank. I mean, he's still pretty damn good. I don't like. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think they should sacrifice taking Bain at eighteen for Lou Williams, but I don't necessarily think you need to use the that pick to get Lou Williams either. I mean, there's and been look, some trade. There's been some trades that you know you think, oh, you know, you need to use all of these things to get this one guy, and then the package ends up being less. Um, you know, less crazy than you would have thought. It didn't take as much to get the guy. And I, I just – I kind of took that to, as Donnie kind of saying, look, we're still going to do stuff. We're just not going to do anything dumb and we're not going to do anything that, you know, we reach for or we overpay for, which is fine. I don't think you need to overpay to get Lou Williams. Yeah. He's just – he's not, you know, with his – with his age, he's not somebody that demands a first-round pick. And I don't think they should approach it that way and, and get goaded into giving one up for that. It's just, you know, they need to – they just need to be smart with what they do. That doesn't mean that they're not going to do anything. I don't think that they're not going to do anything. In fact, I think they're in, going to end up being very aggressive. It's just I, the way I things think... last night with Drew and Bogdan and then, you know, all that stuff, it – I think it pissed a lot of people off, including me, and I do have some other takes on that too for later. But it's just, you know, 
they weren't there for that stuff. They didn't have the ammo that Milwaukee had to go get Drew. And that's something that we talked about, how they aren't always going to have the best package because they don't have as many picks as other teams. And that's fine. That doesn't mean they can't go get anybody and that they're not going to go get anybody. Yeah, I mean, the, the Drew thing, it is what it is. And I th- honestly, I mean, three first-round picks, two pick swaps for Drew Holiday, that is a lot, man. That, that yeah, is a lot. A lot. And, I, and look, an some people – some people are saying that, oh, that's going to set the market for the rest of, you know, these potential trades. I don't think so. I think that's inflated, you know, just from a Milwaukee perspective because the owners, you know, they saw that Giannis interview last week. They probably freaked out a little bit <laughs> when they when they heard his, you know, responses to his future in Milwaukee. And they were like, oh, crap, we got to do something <laughs> now. So, uh, you know, three unprotected first-round picks and two picks. I mean, that is a lot for Drew Holiday, especially when he has a player option for next year, too. Now, he might sign an extension, and that might, you know, be a null point, but uh, that's just a lot. And I think it's just, you know, I think the value of Holiday is just more specific to Milwaukee. I don't think it'll set, uh, you know, the market for – for everybody else. I, I think the Covington trade is more of an indicator, you know, of what, what the Mavs could probably get with their two picks and uh, some of their role players that are on decent contracts. Because, I mean, think about it. If you can get the number 16 pick in the draft, I believe it was, the number 16 pick and then a future first that probably isn't going to be good at all, and Trevor Ariza – if that can get you Robert Covington, then I imagine the Mavs could get something pretty good in return for the number 18 pick, number 31, and, you know, either one or two of your, you know, good role players on good contracts. That's just my opinion. Uh, honestly, I feel like the Mavs, if they really wanted Covington, they could have outbid that offer that, <laughs> that the Blazers gave the Rockets. That's just my opinion. Uh, oh. I also think that signals that <laughs> the Rockets are about to blow everything up because we know that James Harden wants to go to Brooklyn now. Uh, Russell Westbrook wants out. The head coach and the general manager voluntarily stepped away <laughs> within a week of each other. It's just over for Houston. So, we lost out on on the Covington sweepstakes. Uh, don't know if they were even Mavs were even pursue even pursuing that. Sorry, but you know there's still some pieces on there that, like we talked about with uh, our buddy Kurt a few weeks ago, you know picking the bones of the Rockets. You know you could get PJ Tucker, uh, a couple other guys on that team that we wouldn't mind pursuing if it happens. But anyway, like I said, I think the Covington trade is probably more of an indicator of what the market's going to be like uh, the rest of this week. What do you think? Yeah, no, uh, and this is one of my other takes um, as far as Twitter is concerned. And I'm, I'm so, man, I'm so tired of hearing the, we don't have the asset stuff. Like if, if one more person replies to my tweets that we don't have the assets for a trade, I'm going to slap them in the face. Like Robert Covington is a really, really good player. And 
Portland got him for absolute trash, basically. Like the the picks aren't good, like you said. Trevor Ariza, he's like the ultimate warhorse with one year left in the tank that Donnie was talking about. Like has nothing left. And he is he's a really, really good player. So the fact that the Mavericks have young, desirable players and they have picks that, you know, 18 and 31 are good picks, like given the value, it's – they can go get someone. And whether they wait or, or not till – I mean, obviously they have to wait till tomorrow night to um, – to make the trade and you know for the for the first rounder but and maybe that's caused a delay I don't know but like there's stuff out there that they can realistically go get and I don't I don't think people fully grasp what the term asset means I, I don't know like well look, let's it's let's hard for me this, to explain like this, I, I don't I don't get it I really don't because they have they do have good stuff they just didn't have Drew Holiday level stuff like in terms of matching it with the Bucks, had the Bucks not made that offer, maybe they could have gotten Drew Holiday. It was going to be hard regardless because I mean, not only are they in the West, they're in the Pelicans' division. So uh, the Pelicans made it known that if they traded Drew, they'd rather trade him to the East, and that's exactly what they did. So it was going to be hard regardless. But look, there's still trades that can be made. Uh, you know the. The Bogdanovich thing is kind of tricky because it, to me, that kind of eliminates the Buddy Heald uh, idea, unless you know that relationship is just completely unrepairable. Because the whole thing with Buddy was uh, Luke Walton inserted Bogdanovich into the starting lineup instead of Heald, like halfway through the season. And so Heald was basically a, a sixth man the rest of the year, and he didn't like that. And, you know, that's when all these rumors started surfacing that he wanted out. And, you know, there's been some rumbles about him potentially, you know, preferring uh, playing in Dallas. But, you know, with Bogdanovich being traded now, uh, you know, you have to wonder if, if Buddy will be content to stay in Sacramento since he's, you know, right now, if the season started today, he'd be the starting shooting guard. So uh, that that possibility is an iffy thing now. You know, that might be off the table. Uh, you know, Zach Levine, he's a guy we've talked about a lot. Uh, I, I think, and I've, I've read and I've kept up with everything Zach Levine related. And from what I've read, if the Bulls were to end up with LaMelo Ball, I think Levine is going to get traded tomorrow on draft night. So if they end up with ball, I think he'll be traded. And I think the Mavs, if I were the Mavs and Tim Hardaway Jr. opts in, I would probably offer the Bulls, Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, uh, the number 18 and the number 31 pick, and just see what happens because, you know, that – the Bulls' new management, they're not off to a great start <laughs> because they, they didn't even extend a qualifying offer to Chris Dunn, who obviously he's limited offensively, but he was by far their best defender 
<laughs> and they didn't even extend the qualifying offer to him. So he's an unrestricted free agent now, uh, probably not coming back. So they're going to need another guard. I think Jalen Brunson, Brunson would do very well in Chicago. Uh, they'd get Hardaway Jr., who's a very capable, you know, plug-in player. He's not Zach Levine, but, you know, he can give you some scoring and he's on an expiring deal if he does opt in. And then you get two, you know, decent picks, a fringe first-rounder and a, a mid-first-rounder to uh, further, you know, further your rebuild. So that would be my offer. I don't know if it gets it done, but, you know, I'm pretty much all in on the, the Levine idea right now. Um, and then the last one, and then I'll get your thoughts on all this, the last one, and I think it's the most – probably the most realistic – trade possibility for the Mavs if they're going to make a big splash before free agency is Victor Oladipo. And we've talked about him before. I'm very iffy on him just because of the health concerns. And, you know, he has a reputation for being pretty moody. Uh, and he's supposedly wants a max contract next summer. So any team trading for him, unless you're willing to commit big money, to him next summer, he's probably going to be a one-year rental. So you have the health concerns, you have the attitude concerns, you have him on an expiring deal. He could be a one-year rental. The Pacers aren't going to get a lot back for Oladipo if they trade him. And, I mean, I could see them trading him at this point. So I think that's probably the Mavs' best option. I think that's the, the biggest get they could trade for without giving up a ton, you know, where like in a Zach Levine trade, I think you'd have to trade both picks. And I think you'd have to trade, a, you know, at least two role players. Whereas in a Oladipo trade, I don't think you'd have to give up both picks. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I we did a bold predictions piece for uh, DallasBasketball.com here recently. I think it's being published today. It might already be up right now, but that was my bold prediction, you know, that, that they would end up doing something for Oladipo because I think it's the most realistic trade option at this point. But anyway, what's your thoughts on uh, the remaining trade options that the Mavs have out there? I mean, yeah, that's what makes it so tough that um, – another reason that it's so tough that, uh, that Bogdan went to Milwaukee is because I think it takes you out of the, the Buddy Heald thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a big part of that was, you know, that there wasn't room for both of them on the team. And, uh, like, Buddy wasn't happy with his playing time, and among other things, at least. Um, he's the kind of guy who I think wants to be at the center of attention. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the fact that he wasn't a starter anymore, I think, is not helping. Um, so that sucks. But um, so I've moved on from that. And also, and you can continue your point on Levine and Oladipo after this, but to add on to the Buddy Heald stuff, I think the whole connection to Dallas thing has been overblown a little bit yes. because he's from he's from Dallas. You know, he's from the Dallas area. Um, you know, he he works out in Dallas every off season. So <laughs> this isn't like breaking news or anything. And it maybe he does prefer to play in Dallas. But as far as the whole working out and everything, I you know, it's it's kind of like Wes Matthews. He uh 
he's not on the Mavs anymore, but he still works out in Dallas too. So anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't put very much stock in, in anything about that when those things came out recently, but um, as far as Levine goes, I've talked myself into that one. Um, I mean, bless the Bulls' hearts if they take LaMelo Ball. I just do not think that's going to work. <laughs> uh, but if that's what they want to do, that's, that's you know, that's very, you know, post-Jordan-era Bulls move. Um, to me, you know, they're under new management, and they have to – They're at the They're at the part of their – their franchise's trajectory where they need to do a rebuild. Right. If you're going to do a rebuild, you draft a young star and build around him when you already have some young pieces and you move the big contracts away. And Levine doesn't necessarily qualify as a big contract, but he can get you things to help in your rebuild, like veterans on expirings and draft picks and those kinds of things. So that, that one makes a lot of sense to me. He, I'm I'm not completely sold on how he fits, but I know he would be a big help, and I know he would make the team better. Um, the thing about that is, or the the way that I guess the way that I've come around to this is, I'm kind of of the opinion right now that you just need to go get good players. Yeah, and, and I think Levine, I think Levine would fall under the category of what. Donnie Nelson said yesterday in that I think that would be one of those moves you know he he talked about he didn't want to make any dumb moves and didn't want to trade any of their you know young role players on good contracts and their picks you know for something stupid you know, it'd have to be a trade that you know took them over the top and was actually worth it and I think Levine falls into that category because no matter what you think of the fit uh, you know, his style of play and all that. The fact is he's, he scores 26 points a game, uh, five, uh, five rebounds and four assists a game. So, I mean, he's, he's a borderline superstar, just kind of wasting away his prime in Chicago right now. And, you know, Luca, he, he makes everybody better. And I, I think Levine is more suited as a third guy. I think he's probably at the point in his career where, where he's ready to win. Uh, he seems to like Luca a lot. You know, he's had some interactions uh, with him in person, and he, you know, he's tweeted about him a couple on a couple occasions on Twitter. And I think it would work out well. So I think that's one of those moves that takes you over the top. And I think it's one of those that would be worth trading your picks for and and the young players so well quote unquote I, quote unquote young players <laughs> and, and i also think that um trading tim hardaway jr and jalen brunson and bringing back levine he kind of fits a role that both of those players took if that makes sense like he can do things that both of those guys do and do them better um so I think just from a personnel standpoint also that makes a lot of sense moving those those two guys for him. Um, it's just, you know, get as many good players as you can for Rick Carlisle and see what happens. Um, the Victor Ladipo thing is different to me. 
that's more um that's a much bigger risk but see that's what i'm that's what i'm saying he's not my i don't think he's anybody's first option at the moment and he might be i mean he's not for me obviously but uh i do think he's a good player if he can stay healthy uh but he is a risk and like i said i think most teams know that and that's why i think he's probably the more realistic trade option because the mavs you know that they like to win deals you know they <laughs> I, I feel like they they'd rather buy low uh, at this point instead of trying to go over the top and potentially uh, give up the the farm so to speak for a guy that you know might not be a perfect fit but with the Ola Depot stuff I think they could get him at a discount yeah I do too and and that's why it makes a little more sense than um, than what we originally thought it would take I think when we when we first started considering Ola Depot we were totally against it um, you know taking a step back and looking at what his option, their options are for him. It it makes them a little more attainable, and I think that makes it more, yeah, more yeah. sensible. I just, I still don't like it very much. Um, I mean, just because I, I, I don't hate the idea of Oladipo himself necessarily. It's just the idea of trading for a player who's going to leave a year later is just something I never can really. Well, here's the thing, and here's the you know if. With the Giannis dream dying, or well, I'll just say it. With the Giannis dream dead, thank you. If he, <laughs> if if Oladipo, if they do buy low, buy low on Oladipo, and let's say he does stay healthy next season, and it turns out he's an excellent fit, you know, all of the moody stuff. It doesn't, you know, transfer over to Dallas. They're winning. Uh, you know, he becomes the ideal third star next to Luca and KP. Well, then you get to next summer, and you're not worried about Giannis. Maybe you're okay with paying paying Oladipo. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think with the Giannis stuff might be a blessing in disguise because instead of having that in the back of the Mavs front office's mind, maybe they go ahead and say, okay, let's move on, and then if something comes up, later down the line we can worry about that then because this milwaukee bucks thing is just another chapter in the book titled cap space is a myth (laughs) you know what i mean because like (laughs) the the bucks they are capped out you know didn't you didn't think that they'd be able to improve enough to where it would keep Giannis from at least exploring his options next summer. And then, bam, out of nowhere, they add Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> so, yeah. It, cap it, space is just – I mean, people just have to stop worrying about that. Can we go ahead and jump into this, actually? Yeah. Um, yeah we pretty much covered those those three guys. So This is – this was my other big thing, and I kind of – tease this a little bit on Twitter last night. I think what the Mavericks have been doing, what or at least what we think they've been doing with planning for Giannis in 2021, at least the way Giannis. that's... Giannis. Sorry, Giannis. In 2021, 
I mean, we, we agree that's what they think we think they've been doing, right? Yes. Okay. That is, that is, this is why that is so dumb. This is why that is the dumbest thing you can do as a franchise is to plan not for this off season, but an off season beyond. That is why it's so unbelievably stupid because you're one move away, literally one move away from it all being a complete giant waste of time. And that's, that's exactly what happened. They, they've been not aggressive. They were not aggressive last summer. They were not aggressive this year during the, during the trade deadline when they could have been. Um, supposedly, according to some people, they had deals with, you know, on the table for Gallinari and all that stuff. That's fine, but they didn't do it. They didn't do the Danny Green thing at the trade deadline. They didn't do any of it. And I think part of that is because they wanted Giannis in 2021. Giannis. Uh, Stars! Giannis. <laughs> It's one of See, those hard things. This, this is why this is why Giannis is uh, going to sign his extension in Milwaukee and not even consider coming to Dallas. <laughs> yes, it's all my fault. <laughs> but that's but that's why it's so dumb. Like you you can't hold yourself hostage to something like that and keep your team from getting better because you think you might have a chance at a guy in two years. Yeah, that is and so look, dumb. At, at some point, and look, I, I love Mark Cuban. I think he's you know, the, the best owner in sports, I've said it for, for years, but, and that's, that's with overall resume and everything, but at what point does he take a little bit more of the heat for not being willing to go into the luxury tax? Because it's very obvious that he doesn't want to do that. You know, I think that was the problem with them not, you know, being more aggressive last off season We'll see how it goes this year, you know, when we get to free agency. Uh, well, after the draft and free agency and everything. But at what point does he start to take a little bit more of the heat because he doesn't want to pay, you know, the luxury tax? And, I mean, I get it. It's not our money. It's his money. And nobody wants to pay more taxes. But at what point is he thinking more about not paying that rather than thinking about, you know, what's going to help the team win? Is that fair? Is that a fair question to bring up? Yes. If, if you're going to own a, a sports franchise and you talk about how much you want to win all the time and how much winning is the only thing that matters, make some sacrifices. Like, yeah. do some stuff that is going to put you over the top. And if you take a risk, you take a risk. They did take a risk with KP. They took a risk. And look how that worked out. Take another risk. Yeah. Don't sit on your hands waiting for someone who's a long shot. If they had like a verbal agreement behind the scenes from Giannis. See, I did it right that time. Giannis. <laughs> there you go. We're getting better. Um, from like the bubble. And he was like, yeah, guys, like I'm going to sign with you. Just let me wait till this summer and I'll hold the bucks hostage, whatever. <laughs> like that's something, but just sitting there hoping and waiting because you don't want to pay taxes on other players. You really hope that you can get this guy, and you think you had a really good relationship with him like 10 years ago. Things Like, I love Donnie, and I love Mark, and I, I love Rick, and I love the whole franchise, and they're all great, and they're all super smart. But this is one of the dumbest things they have ever done. And I kind of got behind it because it was exciting, and I'm ashamed of it. But this is really one of the dumbest things any franchise can do. 
and now they're going to pay the price unless they do something something else like trade for Bradley Beal which like now it's like well what are they what what is their reasoning for not wanting to do for to try and do something like that like if they okay if they go through this whole this whole summer or this whole what do we call this fall yeah if they go through this whole fall without making any deals and they make a couple of stupid draft picks are we going to be surprised i don't think so look i'm i'm like the uh record i'm just saying they need to do something to prove to everybody that they have their shit together because right now i mean that's just it's just bad like that that was this well, been- I, I hate to, I, I hate to be, because I mean, I'm, I'm usually the ultra optimistic person on <laughs> all of these pipe dream things, but I hate to break it to you on Bradley Beal. That's not happening at this point. Oh yeah, I'm calling, I'm calling my shot on, I'm calling my shot on Bradley Beal right now. I think he's going to end up in New Orleans, taking a, uh, taking Drew Holiday's place because. OKC, I mean, yeah, they've they've got some a lot of draft capital stashed up and everything, but I just look at New Orleans. It seems like potentially they could end up having the better picks, uh, the future picks, and they've got you know a lot of good young pieces from that Lakers trade. And I mean, I could I can just see him ending up in New Orleans, which would be great because the Southwest Division would just get better. <laughs> You have you have Houston crumbling and then New Orleans rising. So uh that's I'm calling my shot for that. But yeah, I mean look, we can we can hope that they can I'm not gonna doubt Donnie because he has he's won enough trades to where he gets the benefit of the doubt. But when it comes to free agency, I don't think they get the benefit of the doubt with how they've they've handled that throughout the years. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with it's not even stuff they can control, really. You know, it's more about, yeah, you can go after and offer players money, but, you know, if they're not necessarily interested or if they have other teams as their first or second option and the Mavs third or something like that, you can't really control that. Uh, what you can control, though, if you know, like say, say you're really interested in Danilo Gallinari, which we know the Mavs are, well, when free agency opens this Friday, if you know that Gallinari has you like second or third on his list and you don't get a, an answer from him almost immediately, move on to the next guy. You know, try to get Jay Crowder. <laughs> try to get Jay Crowder. You know, take a long shot at uh, Jeremy Grant. You know, go get your guy, Goran Dragic, who, you know, I have a hunch that that might actually happen because you know he won't, he would love to play with Luca, and we haven't heard any kind of, you know, free agency rumors around Dragic so far. So uh, that's a sneaky one to look out for. But my point is, don't waste time like you did with Danny Green last offseason. You, you can't wait around three, four days for a guy like that. You just can't. Even if they got Danny Green now. Uh, you know, they he's getting traded to OKC. I don't know if they'll buy him out or try to trade him. But e- even if they got Danny Green now, he would be an upgrade. I don't care what you think of Danny Green. Yes, I know how he played with the Lakers this past year. 
he would still help this Mavericks team out. I don't know if y'all remember <laughs> just how frustrating it was with this Mavs wing depth this past year, but I don't care what you think of Danny Green. It is a fact that he would be an upgrade for this Mavs team. He's not the best player anymore. You know, he's he's lost a step, but he's an upgrade nonetheless, and he'd be on an expiring deal. There's just – it's a fact that he would be an upgrade over what they currently have as their wing depth. But that's what I'm looking for, Matt. I want him to be aggressive, and I don't want him to wait around for a guy just to be a bridesmaid like we've seen over and over again. Well, and not only that, and I, I agree with everything you just said, and I'm going to add a little bit to it. Stop being so so loyal. Like, if a team wants Dwight Powell, trade Dwight Powell. Like, don't hold on to these guys that you think are great locker room guys, and they're our family. And all. It's, it's a – everybody says the NBA is a business. Professional sports is a business. If, if somebody wants Dwight Powell as part of a trade to get a good player, freaking trade him. Freaking trade him. Like, I'm – like, literally what they said, and I hope they're being truthful about everyone being available except for Luca and KP, that better be the truth. Yeah. Because if reports come out or surface that – the Mavs had a deal in place for XYZ in exchange for a first-round pick, Jalen Brunson and Dwight Powell, and then they backed out of it because they didn't want to lose Dwight Powell or something like that. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> this is actually a good week for this because we might be doing a couple more podcasts depending on <laughs> what happens you know, during the draft and in free agency. It, it uh, The – the environment is primed for emergency podcasts, but I don't know, man, we'll have to see. It, it was not a very encouraging first day, but like I said, I mean, we still have the rest of today. Uh, we have tonight, we have all day tomorrow leading up to the draft. And then, you know, depending on who's available at number 18, I think we'll have a better idea of, you know, what options are there for the Mavs because, you know, there was also some rumbles that they might, you know, be looking to trade up to get a guy that they like. And we know, you know, if, if Donnie is able to identify his guy that he wants to trade up for, you know, he there's obviously something there if he's, if he wants a guy that bad. So we'll see how it turns out. Uh, still a lot. I mean, as much doom and, and gloom as it seems like it is right now, there's still really so many options for the Mavs the rest of this week. There's so many ways they can improve, uh, whether it's through trades, free agency, or the draft. And we'll just have to see how it goes, Matt. But um, like I said, we'll probably be back on here depending on what moves they make in the next couple of days. But is there anything else you want to add before we take off? Well, I was just I was just thinking as you were going as you were saying all that stuff. Like as soon as we publish this podcast, something will happen. For like, they're going to trade for like Anthony Davis. <laughs> Sign and trade. <laughs> just something incredibly dumb that completely makes this this episode irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> um, hey, I, I hope so. so. If if so, we'll we'll come back on tonight too. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I just I want something to happen. I just I don't want 
a repeat of last summer because that would just depress me. Yeah. They, whatever they do, I, I think it's, I mean, they, health was a big issue, obviously, but I, they do need to add, at the very least, they need to add a guy that can get his own shot and initiate the, the offense when, uh, when Luca isn't on the floor. You know, that, that's the biggest thing for me, even if it's not, even if they don't go out and get a, a three and D wing like Jay Crowder, just, just in addition of Drogic, who we've talked about a lot, uh, just, the, just that addition alone would make such a big difference going into the next season. So we'll keep our eyes open. We'll keep looking for stuff like that. And hopefully by this weekend heading into Thanksgiving week, we'll, uh, we'll be happy campers, <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll see. All right, guys, that's going to do it for another episode. Uh, Thank you all for coming in and listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. It really helps us out. And we will see you next time. I'm not going to say next week because, like I said, more than likely we're going to be back on here a couple more times before the end of this week. So y'all have a good rest of the day, and we'll see you next time. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of chains These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lays I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the bins, a copper and pile. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. This how we thinking life's supposed to be. Media keeping all my friends close to me. Feeding me all the lies and propaganda in my eyes. I've been here forever, they thinking that I just arrived. Now step back and go on more of a letter. I treat this rap game like it's target practice. And I ain't even got an aim and might seeing headshots just for saying my name. Now I'm 18, they say I'm acting different Labels call my phone, but I'm lacking interest Ain't talk to my friends in a while Ain't smile like this in a while I'm out Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm about my chips like a bag of Lay's I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot Remember when we used to wish to be grown Until we got out on our own, for real Not a ball in my car If I don't shoot my shot, the people sending me home Took a step back, so I've been reminiscing Paris told the truth, wishing that we listened But life is the best teacher All this jibber-jabber, homie, I'ma keep it authentic all these people criticized and now one of them did it. All our parents had dreams and now one of them lived it. Soon as you look up, man, time to pass you by. I'm just 19 in the minute I was kissing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.